The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com, the sports betting exchange today. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. This time next week, we will be in the middle of the greatest show on turf, the Cheltenham Festival. We can't wait. You will hear the vast majority of the racing live on TalkSport 2 and on TalkSport as well. Lee McKenzie and myself very much looking forward to bringing you all that coverage and a man who will be having a significant say, hopefully, on how the week is going to go is top jockey Danny Mullins. And he joins us now. Danny, welcome back to the show. Great to have your company. Thanks. It's great to be on for an exciting time of the year and lots to look forward to. And the firepower that you're going to have is quite significant. So please God, it all goes well. We'll begin with the dual stairs hurdle winner, Flooring Porter. It hasn't been the ideal preparation, to say the least. But assuming he's now back to himself, he will have a massive say. How has his preparation been going since that setback during Christmas? Yeah, Gavin seems very happy with him. And, you know, the news is, is quite positive, you know, in the, the three or four weeks leading up to the festival. And that's where you want to see, you know, ideally you would have had a smoother preparation. But, you know, in hindsight as well, his form this year wasn't near what he was achieving in defeat last year prior to the festival as well so in a roundabout way I was kind of happy to see something point to the reason for that and possibly that setback it might have been that reason so now that he's over that it gives him a great chance to be back to his best. And has his work been going smoothly since? It has yeah you know he's been away for a few gallops and yeah Gavin is very happy with what he's seeing and you know Gavin is a master as well in recent years it was the plan to not run between now and Christmas where well Cheltenham and Christmas and the this year you know that that was the plan but there was a little bit of interruption between it but you know Gavin He's able to train him off his eye. He's after doing that for the last two years. So once he's happy, I'm happy. Gavin Cromwell has trained four winners at the Cheltenham Festival. Espoir Delen winning the champion hurdle in 2019. Vanillier in the Albert Bartlett novices hurdle. And obviously Flooring Porter in the two stairs hurdles. He's a terrific trainer, but also horses for courses. Flooring Porter, when he gets to Cheltenham, just is a different prospect to the horse that he's been earlier in the season. This is a deeper race this year, though, Danny. What do you make of the main rivals? He seems to be able to do that. And, you know, you have home by the Lee, I suppose, has came out of the pack this year to to be a leading contender. Uh, Tihufu has been very good in Ireland so far, albeit on heavy ground. That's going to change in Cheltenham for him. And, you know, my lad, his form hasn't been really on point so far this year, but I think uh, Gavin will have him back in action and he'll give them a lot to think about. That's for sure. And the form of the Gavin Cromwell Yard has been exceptional this season. And that'll give you a lot of confidence as well. And if he does win, he joins Racing Royalty in Ingalls Driever, who won three stairs hurdles, the first horse to do that. And of course, Big Bucks won four. What would it mean to you personally to win three stairs hurdles? It'd be unbelievable if it were to come off. You know, we've got so much against us this year, but we'll go there all guns blazing and we'll make them work to beat us. Flooring Porter, a key player in the stairs hurdle. I'm presuming you're going to be on board Elete Tomp, who caused a bit of an upset at the Dublin Racing Festival when winning the Grade 1 Tattersalls Novices Hurdle. He only ever raced in Grade 1 company as a juvenile hurdle, which says an awful lot about what Willie Mullins thinks of him. He'd been behind Fasel Vega in the Future Champions at Christmas, but when he blew out, he was devastatingly impressive visually, and he's a very exciting one for the Supreme. He is, you know, his form this year is very solid. 
even in that race at Christmas behind Fasal Vega, he gave him a little fright going down to the last. And obviously Fasal didn't really turn up at the Dublin Festival for whatever reason. And Ile Tetamp, yeah, ran, he franked that form at Christmas. And for me, he even improved at the Dublin Festival. So, you know, going to Cheltenham, uh, speed looks no issue to him. He's a second season novice, which gives him great experience in a race like a tr- uh, the Supreme. And uh, yeah, I think he, he'll have a good chance in it. It was notable how you reined him back in the Tadastol's Novice Hurdle. You moved back from the very hot pace that was going on up front. Was that the key in, in that race? Was it just that Paul and JJ had gone too fast out in front and you identified that and sat back and were then able to capitalise? He was just running a little bit keen away from the stands, that downhill run, and I just wanted to go a fraction slower. But... You know, the plan for me at Christmas was to jump out and make the run. And I went down and uh, made a mistake at the first and he just wasn't attacking. So I had to go with plan B that day where, you know, in Leopardstown, he was on song all the way. And yeah, give me give me a great ride through the race. And even, you know, his jumping down the back straight was so, so fast, you know, for me to be. He was making ground without me having to burn petrol. And that's probably what you're going to need to win a Supreme, you know, two miles for novices around the old course in Cheltenham. They come at them thick and fast. Critics would say the form doesn't really make sense in that Irish Point was second favourite. He finishes second last. Uh, high definition, had unseated. And Fasal Vega obviously ends up finishing last. But the visual impression of what he did, that was hugely impressive. How confident are you going into the Supreme? He, he's a contender. It'd be foolish to say you're going to turn up and win again, but he's a he's a genuine contender. I think high definition is probably the forgotten horse in the race. Fasal Vega can bounce back again, and the rest of them will have to get a little top. And what's the vibe about Fasal Vega now? Very good. You know, Dave Porter rides him out every day at home. He He's looking great. Yeah, I think everything has gone very smoothly. For him going to Cheltenham, and yeah, I think there's there's no reason to say why he can't get back to his best. You won a grade one on Champ Kylie at Nace in early January last time out, and he might be the forgotten horse in the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. He was the odds-on favourite for the Royal Bond, and clearly he didn't give his proper running that day, but he was very, very good under you at Nace. Yes, I think the Royal Bond was a bit of a tricky race to work out. You know, it was maybe a bit of stop-start gallop through through the race, and it's just been, been a little bit of a head-scratcher. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Marine National comes out uh, in the Supreme. You know, he, he's been targeted for the race for a long way back. And I'd say, you know, that, that'll give it a proper read on that race. But Champ Kiley was very good in Nace. And I think if he can back up that form, he'll be banging the mix for the Ballymore, the Paul Nichols horse. Is quite decent, look good in Newbury and Willie's other one, Impera Pass and Gaelic Warrior look like they're going for the race as well. So there's plenty of strength and depth. It's a proper championship race, what you need in Cheltenham. Yeah, it's a very deep race this year, particularly with, as you said, Hermes Allen. Uh, Gaelic Warrior is, is no, by no means out of it, runner up at Cheltenham last year, step up and trip should suit, and Imperi Pass is a fascinating one, but I'd imagine you're quietly confident about Champ Kylie. he does seem to be going under the radar, and, and that shouldn't be the case. Yes, you know, the, the few days I've ridden him, he's given me a great feel, I won him on a flat track over two miles, beating Brazil, who had beat Gaelic Warrior last year in Cheltenham, in Tipperary, and then I got back on him in Nace over two and a half, testing ground and 
you know, he, he beat a, a decent field and ran out a good winner. You partnered Gala Marceau to grade one victory in the spring juvenile hurdle, which is a terrific trial for the triumph at the Dublin Racing Festival. She had finished second to Lossie Mouth on her Irish debut, and you were on board Lossie Mouth in Ferry House when she made her winning Irish debut. What do you make of Gala Marceau's prospects for the triumph hurdle? She is going in as a grade one winner for all that even Willie thinks she'll turn the form around. And what do you make of Lossie Mouth? I think she has a great chance, you know. She she's a grade one winner going into the race, solid run in the grade two at Christmas. Uh, she definitely improved from there to the Dublin Festival, and yeah, I I think she's maybe a forgotten one in the Triumph. You know, she she's still a very good filly in her own right. And I know there was a a lot of hype about Lassie Mouth before her Irish debut, but there was also a quite bit of hype about Garland Marceau as well. And there was a, a quite a little bit of confidence about her, even at the Christmas meeting when she was behind Lassie Mouth in, in the night, Frank. Um, in the spring juvenile, everything went right for her. And, and she does seem to be a little bit keen. Would that be a concern for you on, on the new course at Cheltenham on Gold Cup Day? No, I think she'll be okay. You know, the more racing she's getting, the more settled she'll get. You know, even schooling her at home, she's starting to switch off. And I, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, she'll be the finest you know the the main thing uh, which is a great asset to her is that she's a good jumper and a strong galloper which you need in a juvenile you know some of those juveniles are very fast but she she can grind out at the finish and she's shown that in both her Irish runs I think her French form matches in quite closely with Lossie Mouth mm-hmm. and I think even with a, a clear run from Lossie Mouth in at the Dublin Festival, there would have been a good battle between the two. You know, people forget that Gallimer so was only having her first run when she met Lassie Mouth at Christmas. So, you know, they're, they're, just, they're fairly closely matched. And then you're looking, I suppose, at Blood Destiny, who all the clock experts say is better than the two fillies. But he hasn't got grade one experience. And, you know, he he hasn't got much practice at that level. What he's shown has been very good, and he's going to have to give away seven pounds to the two fillies as well. So that, to me, puts the three horses within a length of each other, and it's going to be a proper race. You know, you're you're getting three horses from the same stable, but they'll be all there to win. And Blood Destiny is undoubtedly exciting, but in terms of his profile, he, to me, he looks like a horse for next year. With another summer on his back, he'll strengthen up further. And he could be the horse for novice chases next year. Whereas the here and now seems to be more about Gala Marceau and Lossiemouth. I'd say Blood Destiny is fairly here and now to me. <laughs> I wouldn't cool. underestimate him. I, I, you know, people think that they're saying he's going to beat the two fillies, but uh, I, I think they're all very close. I, I think they, uh, any of the three can win this race with, uh, you know, clear round the jumping and level pegging on the day. So it's it's going to be very competitive. One, two, three, four, five for Ireland last year. It could be a one, two, three for Willie Mullins this year. Uh, the Arkle is being seen as a match between El Fabiolo and John Bon, but Dicer Dynamo back at Cheltenham on the old course, which is faster and a furlong shorter for the Arkle than the Irish Arkle. What do you make of his prospects? He's a very good horse who jumps well, but he's just his own worst enemy. You know, you see that last year when himself and John Bond went at it in the Supreme, uh, he, he just burnt out too much. And, you know, in Leopardstown, the last day 
he behaved a little bit better than he did for Paul at Christmas. And I suppose that'll come with more racing and getting more mature. But he ability is no question mark. It's just uh, keeping the mindset right. And, you know, the, there'll probably be a fairly strong gallop in the Arkle. But I'd say if something is on his tail down over the first few fences, they're probably going to get him bet and themselves. And that, that horse might very well be John Bond. Because while pl- plenty of people will argue, well, there's no way they'll get involved in a pace battle like the Supreme last year, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Like, John Bond goes forward. That's what he does. And that's what he's done in every single one of his novice chases so far. So you're asking an impossible task of Aidan Coleman to try and hold him up or even rein him back in. And if he gets fired up by Dice or Dynamo, they might just set it up for El Fabiolo. Possibly. But, you know, most of his novice chases this year have had one, two or three runners like that. The most of them haven't been contenders. I'd say Aiden had no real choice in that matter where he'll have a bit of scope to ride a race in the Arkel and it might just set up for a race that's going to suit John Bond. And, you know, even him in Warwick the last day, people were a little bit shocked to see the other horse get so close to him. But I think that match practice will have him very sharp going for the Arkle. I would rather see him going around in a hack canter again in Warwick and let uh, some of the Irish ones frighten him in Cheltenham. But the fact that he's got that match practice in in Warwick, uh, I think he's going to be ready for the test in Cheltenham. That's a very interesting point. Uh, Vaughan in the champion hurdle, it seems to be all about Constitution Hill. He's an exceptionally exciting racehorse. And if he turns up like he did last year, then Nico de Boinville will be blowing kisses to the crowd and having champagne in the winner's enclosure before anything else crosses the line. But Statement's very good. And Vabon was right on his tail at Christmas uh, and again just behind himself and Honeysuckle in the Irish champion hurdle. He definitely has place prospects. He does. You know, Constitution Hill should know more needs to be said about how good he is. But we'll still go there and try and beat him on the day. It's a horse race. Anything can happen. And, you know, Stateman has improved from a county hurdle horse last year. He's improved with every test he's been given. He's passed it. Uh, Vaughan had a good start at Christmas behind Stateman and finished, I think, a similar distance with Honeysuckle in the middle behind him at the Dublin Festival as well. So the only little bit of a disappointment for Vavon was that I didn't bridge the gap more at the Dublin Festival. I thought there might have been scope for improvement, but nonetheless, his work is fantastic at home. Seems to be getting better again, but I suppose all those big trainers are going to be peaking their horses for Cheltenham as well. So, fingers crossed, uh, we'll get in the mix. We Constitution Hill looks unbeatable, but he hasn't beaten us till he's got across the line. We'll give it a go. Two questions to wrap up, Danny. Um, the champion bumper, William Wallace has got an exceptional record in it. It's the race he's won most at Cheltenham, and he's won more races than anybody in history at the Cheltenham Festival. If you could ride one horse in the champion bumper, who would it be? I think it would have to be fact file. You know, he was good at Christmas, and behind John Kiley's horse at the Dublin Festival, he'd improved plenty. He needs to improve to beat him again, but I think it probably looks that's the strongest bit of bumper form there is. 
and he's the one of Willie's you, you'd have to think is the, the top of the pile at the moment. The others have loads of untapped potential they need to improve again and which they can do. And often, you know, Ruby won it on Briar Hill at 12 or 14 to 1 as well. Mm. Patrick will get his choice of what he wants to pick in the bumper. So I'd imagine he would be going for fact to file. But uh, it's going to be an interesting race and they're all going to have to beat a, a dream to share for John Kiley. And, you know, I, I'm not one for fairy tales unless I'm involved in it. But <laughs> it'd be great to see John Kiley winning the champion bumper. It certainly would. He's an absolute legend of a trainer. Um, he's only trained one winner in Britain, and that was 2009 in the listed bumper at Aintree. But if he's going to do it again, this fella looks to have a serious, serious chance for him. Um, and Patrick, most people will think Patrick would be on fun, fun, fun because he bred that horse, but he can't do the weight. So Factofile would be a very, very interesting one for him. And I, th- I think you're right. I think that's the one he'd choose. Uh, and finally, Gold Cup. Gallop on Deschamps. If Constitution Hill is the most exciting hurdler, Gallop on Deschamps is definitely the most exciting chaser. Do you think he is the one who will win this year's Gold Cup? You'd have to think so. You know, so many of the others through the season have left little question marks about themselves here and there. Their isolated bits of form are good enough to do it on the day, but Gallopin seems to be the most rock solid. Last year, as a novice, he was just too exuberant through the middle part of his races. He was throwing himself at a few fences and running too keen where this year he's so professional. He settles, he jumps, he's waiting for a signal from Paul to go and he seems to just go and do it. He's He looks very good. Uh, I think uh, he'll take an awful lot of beating in, in the Gold Cup. I don't think there's a horse there with his ability and if, you know, if things go to plan, he'll have to win it. Lizzie Kelly and I very much agree. She is the president of the Gallop on the Champ fan club and I am the vice president. I'm happy with that role. Let's go, Gallop on the Champ. Danny, the very best of luck to you for Cheltenham. I hope you shoot the lights out and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you about your success after it. Good man, we'll give it a rattle. Good luck, Danny. Talk to you soon. Take care. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com, the sports betting exchange today. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply.